Craft Beer Radio, episode 182, on May 28th, 2011. Okay, we're taking, uh, we're splitting it up. <laughs> I couldn't. I'm like, June? No, no, it's May. Okay, we are doing a um, special show tonight under special circumstances. We are outside with your mobile recording gear. It's a nice day. We have some uh, neighbors here to help us uh, enjoy the beverage. And what we're doing tonight is a vertical epic preview. We have five of the vertical epics here. You put that. A preview of what? 11, 11, 11? We're going to do a preview of the months. The monster vertical tasting that we're going to do after 12, 12, 12 comes out. Oh, okay, out. okay. I got you. So these are all Stone's Vertical Epics. They were released on the various... Um, the days, the month, day, and year yeah, are all, they the all same. Lined up, so, so 2, 2, 2, 3, 3, 3. They didn't think of it early enough for January 1st, 2001, unfortunately. So, yeah, the, uh, what we're pouring right now is the 10-10-10, the newest of the series. If you guys want to pass your glasses over here. Let's see if I can t- find some stuff on this sucker. They should have a whole page dedicated to the Vertical Epic series. Yes, Stone Vertical Epic Ale. So the 2011... Is this is 2010? Oh, this is 2010. Yes, because it's not November yet. Good point. Good point, sir. Has a, a wheaty, wheaty aroma, a little bit of Belgian-y. Um, being dark nighttime, it's going to be kind of hard to describe color and clarity. It's very clear, though. I can tell that, and it's just a strong Belgian golden ale. Yes, that's what it smells like. No, they change. No. <clears throat> so here's the uh, grain bill. It's a uh, pale malt, 80%. Flaked triticle, 11%, was added to mash. And amber candy sugar, 9% added to boil. Uh, let's see. The hop bill, uh, three, 3.7 grams per gallon of pearl hop pellets. Yeah, they give the... Um the exact formula because you can homebrew these. Yeah. Then it's added 4.4 grams per gallon dried whole chamomile flowers are added in the whirlpool. Okay. So that's going to really throw it off kilter from your traditional Belgian, Belgian yeast ale. strain. Uh, y yeast 3522. Belgian right. So there you go. That's a lot of information. <laughs> yep. So why don't you give this guy a sniff? I mean, I, I was te- I was Ooh. smelling the Belgian... The wheat, the, the chamomile flowers, I think it was really confusing me a little bit. I wasn't sure exactly where that was coming yeah, from. Yeah, it gives it a, a, a very floral, um, interesting uh, aroma on top of the Belgian stuff. So it's it's got it's got this weird kind of vanilla plus mm-hmm. thing going on. Yeah, on the flavor, the the chamomile flower is a big part of the flavor. And then you get some of the, you get a nice malty sweet mild sweetness to it. Oh, it's also brewed with um, 
Muscat, Gertzweier, and Sauvignon Blanc grapes. Oh. Complex. So I mean, there's a lot there to, to pick out of it. Now, next sip, I'm going to... Next sip, I'm going to taste all the, the grapes now that you told me, even though I wasn't noticing yeah. it beforehand. Hey, if you're noticing a sourness, you're probably noticing some, some of the vinous qualities related to it because, uh, because the grapes are in there. I don't think it's really sour so much as just it's got some of that kind of... That's funny. That's creepiness. really funny that I didn't notice that. that what, it was tasting a lot sweeter to me. And now that I know there's grapes in it, it's a lot drier. <laughs> it's a lot more vinous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, you guys had asked a little bit about if these were all the same style. They're different styles, but they're kind of made to complement each other um, because the grand plan is sometime after December 12, 2012, as you drink all of them in a vertical tasting. And I think they intend you to start at the old and work to new. And they're supposed to complement each other year after year. Well, I mean, well, it, it's also going to be a ten-year-old beer, so it had to be big enough to stand up for the years. They didn't make very much of the two-two-two. Um, if you like want to buy it on eBay, you're paying an obscene amount of money. Uh, the, the first two years were were pretty limited release. I was lucky enough to get my hands on the three-three-three um, through a contact of mine, uh, Jeffrey from the Good Beer Show. Um, I guess the Herod out in Muncie, Indiana, had a supply of the 333 for a decent price so I think I paid like 20 bucks for it you can buy collectible bottles in the uh, contents of the bottle or incidental so if you're looking for your dark lord or your, your angel share yeah you'll find the bottles on ebay and you'll just be buying the bottle and the label and I guess you're and I guess if someone you know drank the beer and put in their home, crappy homebrew you know you're you're buying the bottle what's it matter what's inside it right it's pretty good yeah I like it a lot the, the, the grape stuff the grapes are really coming out a lot as mm-hmm. you drink it more and it's kind of it's mellowing out along with the flavors and, and the the sugar is just enough there to add, you know, a little complex sweetness to bump up the flavors a bit. I like it. Yeah, I think if there wasn't as much um, sweetness as there was, then it would be very tart. Totally. What year is this? This is the 2010. So this was from October. I'm looking for alcohol numbers. I don't see it. They're typically fairly beefy. Yeah, I expect this one's probably in the six to nine range. Yeah, with all the flavors, it's going to be hard to you know pick out the the alcohol. There's a little bit more there. Okay, that's the old one. Okay, we're going to work our way back in time. So now we're back to September 9th, two thousand nine. Okay, this they say on their website is a. Oops, I just had that up. They say ale brewed with spices. <laughs> okay, this one pours. Uh, but a their lot press releases uh, they call it a Belgian porter with spices. I think that's Belgian porter with spices. Yeah, basically a Belgian strong dark. Mm-hmm. Well, if you call it a porter, maybe it has some you know roasty characters you won't expect from a Belgian strong dark. But... We shall see. 
Sorry about all the table clankings. We're on a glass uh, <laughs> patio table. The alcohol on this one is 8.6%. Yeah, beer advocate classifies as a Belgian strong dark. So, what is it, 8.6? 8.6. Calling it a Belgian porter with spices. No, neither. Aaron's never heard of it. And uh, it is brewed with dark candy sugar, chocolate malt, tangerine peel, vanilla beans, and aged on French oak. Oh, so one of these easy ones to homebrew is what you're saying. (laughs) Uh, Instead of using American hops, they use two German hop varieties, Pearl and Magnum. Has a very interesting uh, aroma because, like, like Aaron asked, is this a barley wine from the aroma? It has a very malty aroma, but then you smell a little bit more, and it, it does get a little roasty on you. I'm not really getting the. Uh, I mean, that? I I get a lot of hidden, huh? again a lot of vanilla notes. The oak is there. Um, <laughs> maybe even some deep dark coffee notes in the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the chocolate malt's a little more pronounced in the in the flavor. It seems like it's a little bit cold right now. It's it almost feels like cold. Feels cold. It feels cold on my tongue. It's almost like uh, chocolate ice cream or with the vanilla in there. You know, it's reminding me <laughs> yeah, of it, it ice feels, cream mask. It feels very cold for for a beer as dark as this, mm-hmm. and what I'm smelling. So I haven't tasted it yet. I'm trying to warm it up with my hands. Let's see. Definitely a lot of chocolate up front, mm-hmm. right? A roasted maltiness and uh hmm. A little cloviness on the back end. Some bare fruitiness too. Something along the lines of uh pear. I'm getting the, uh, it's reminding me a lot like a malted milkshake where you get that, that really full body. The chocolate and vanilla are really making an ice cream. Like, I can't get past yeah. that, you know. It just really seems like ice cream. A lot more than, like, almost any other beer I can think of. But do you notice those fruity notes? I mean, I'm going after it, but mm-hmm. I can sort of taste that tangerine peel, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit there. You know, we, we said this is like a, a Belgian style porter type thing the you know the belgian character isn't really coming through there's not really that you know big phenol punch or anything like that you know not big esters uh it's pretty relatively clean in my opinion well as i let it sit i let it kind of you know linger on the tongue i'm getting some more of those estery flavors but like i said it it comes as kind of pearish maybe uh maybe even banana like okay and Not, a, I can get a little something there. It's yeah, I think banana is like a like an underripe banana, or maybe mm. like a frozen, like you know, those like frozen bananas on a stick type. Yeah, thing. yeah, a chocolate covered banana, frozen chocolate covered banana. The blues would be happy. Yeah. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> that, that's a pretty pretty good description of the flavor there. 
<laughs> well, it's it's more a- complex than that. It's got it's got. Um, I mean, the chocolate is obviously a, a, a dark mm-hmm. sort of Belgian chocolate, so it's not just you know Hershey's, right. mm-hmm. um, and it of course has has the alcohol in it, so it's uh, it's got kind of uh, if anything, sort of a rum characteristic. Okay. Oh, that's that's a good way to look at it too. You are on tonight, Mr. Weiss. <laughs> I feel like I'm like stuck in the mud. I'm not contributing because I'm like I'm just tasting bananas and chocolate. Any notes from the peanut gallery? <laughs> it's pretty interesting. It's it's hell of a drinkable beer too. Oh yeah, this is um I'm I'm loving this one. Mm-hmm. This is uh best drink of the night so far. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So next one we have is it Okay, I don't have an eight to drink, so we're going to skip a year and go down to seven. Alrighty. Let me get some information on seven while I'm finishing up mine. Seven, eight, nine, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, okay. This one's golden again. Still looking for information on it. Give me a second here. <laughs> it's okay. Greg's not. Greg's not ready either. Oh, he is ready. That. Give him a rinse. Can you give me the picture, please? Thanks. It looks like eight was a Belgian IPA. They were on a Belgian kick. It seems. I think almost all of them are Belgian-inspired. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all of them are a Belgian base, I'm pretty sure. I think it's important to point out that both of our wives gave us a talking to before we came down tonight. Because of the last time we were here, it was either old ale or barley wine. And I know I had three beers equivalent. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, the barley wine fest was was crazy. I remember that. That one night that ended up killing dog in it. Remember? Yeah, I do remember. Oh, yeah, that was the last time. That was the that first was, time you were on the show. I think she was a big fan of that when I bring over a bunch of guys and start cooking. <laughs> she seemed pretty, fr- at least in our drunken state, she seemed pretty good mood yeah. that night. But yeah, and then <laughs> they go home. That that was old ale night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, we'll have to do that again. I got another cellar full of barley wine. And really, <laughs> what better way to get rid of them than invite everyone? Yeah, you're not sit down with a six-pack. Yeah. yeah. What better way than have you know 15 friends over and, and uh, dive into the barley wines? All right. So. This one is a Belgian strong pale ale, 8.4% alcohol by volume. This one's a little bit cloudy. It's kind of a... It's almost a reddish. It's a dark orange, deep orange, almost reddish color. At least at night through the spotlight over there. 
So let's see. Includes ginger, cardamom, dried grapefruit peel, dried orange peel, dried lemon peel, <laughs> um, pale malt, wheat malt, light Munich malt, Vienna malt, blonde candy sugar, glacier, and crystal hops. <laughs> Again, another easy one to homebrew with, with those easy to source and easy to use ingredients right there. These are powdered, though. The powdered ginger, powdered cardamom, okay. dried grapefruit peel, dried orange peel, okay. dried lemon peel. So those are... Yeah, I guess not as hard. Those are easier to it, source. It definitely is a spice bomb on the nose. I was trying to figure out what it was before Greg, you know, told us, and I wasn't getting too far. I mean, I think the grapefruit peel, like, I'm like, wow, that smells like a big citrusy hop punch or something, but more easily explained by fruit that ginger zest. is coming through, isn't it? Yeah, I big mean... ginger too, yeah. The thing is, ginger is not a, a flavor you expect to find in a beer so when you smell it blind you're not really sure how to categorize it right it, it can it's be not used that... well it's just it's hard because ginger is so powerful that if you don't use it well actually using dried is a good way to go mm-hmm. because it limits some of its effectiveness I mean fresh ginger is just is some of the most powerful stuff there's um, yeah there's a bunch of zest there's grapefruit peel lemon peel Bunch of stuff like peel. that, so that's probably and and the, the uh, ginger is probably all adding up to be pineapple like. Yeah, I can I can smell where you're getting pineapple from. It's not quite, but yeah, it's the ginger with the other peels. I think with yeah. the other citrus. Yeah, what I was trying to say to Greg is, uh, for me, ginger is not in the 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 primary descriptive language for for blind beer tasting, right? So you right. smell something blind, you don't immediately say, "Hey, I think that's ginger," you know, because that's pretty unlikely, but not always. Well, now I really see where the pineapple's coming from. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah, it definitely tastes like a pineapple. Um, yeah, it, it it really does. It it's it's like a, a almost like a pineapple lollipop. It's got this weird combination of flowers that that, that mm-hmm. of flavors that that combines up to something that's remarkably similar to a pineapple without being a pineapple. So it's got kind of all the components. Of a pineapple without actually being a pineapple. It's like a, I've had an ice cream that's this flavor. <laughs> zesty cream soda. Zesty yeah. cream soda. It's, it's, it's got like that sort of. If you if you added a little bit of medicineiness to it, it would have like the, uh, the flavor of like margarita juice, like margarita uh, okay. mix or something like yeah. that. The ginger is still really big in the flavor. I mean, that's the biggest reason. I'm not saying it's. You know, just like pineapple. But what I, what, how it's coming across to me is more like some kind of flower, like chrysanthemum or something like that, right? That's what I'm thinking. I'm remembering of the, uh, the Chateau Jaihu oh, from the car- Dogfish the cardamom's Head. in there too. Oh, that. that's right. Okay. Yeah, because I was thinking like, this is very floral, like chrysanthemum, like that Chateau Jaihu from Dogfish. Not as drinkable as the last one, but still fascinating. No, it, yeah, fascinating. I mean, really what separate. I like about it, yeah, is, is, is like you said, it's a fascinating drinker. It's got all these different dimensions to it, and it's definitely, it's hard for me to, to, to slam this one down, that's for sure, because oh, yeah. it's a lot of complexity, and it's a lot to take in, and so you're exploring different parts of the flavor, and uh, that that's fun and all, but... Um, it's not conducive to this sort of environment. That I think you're in right now. You guys watching the pirates over there on your phone? Is that your? 
Oh. You guys, I, I mentioned this to Jeff before, but have you guys heard of Rule 34? This is a good time to bring this up right in the middle of the show. <laughs> That's more a push thing. But it ahead. is, but Rule 34 is um, roughly stating, if you can think of it, a porn of it exists. <laughs> What's the 34? It's, it's, one of, it's one of several internet rules. This happens okay. to be Rule 34. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> If you can think of it, they've already made a porn version of it. I'm surprised it's put them to 34. There are a lot of rules. (laughs) (laughs) Rule number three. I think that the the person who pointed this out made a a comic where some guy found Calvin and Hobbes porn, and that's where it started. The guy was like, Calvin and Hobbes? Seriously? And rule 34 is, is, is stated as, if you can think of it, the porn of it exists, no exceptions. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you can't come up with a fetish if there's not a group. Right, yeah. Well, the internet has, has allowed fetishes to become Basically. Let's talk about this more in the post show. I know we're outside. I know we're really out of our normal element, but let's not let's not descend into I just thought I would, you know. the dark, deep corners of the internet just yet. Yes, I brought it up. Yeah, Greg brought it up. But well, you were the, searching uh, on the internet, so I just sort of assumed. Did you, <laughs> the, actually a great baseball cat. <laughs> did you see the uh, Vancouver Canucks flasher in the penalty box? No, I heard of it. Go look I for that. So like, once I find this, then I'll find that. <laughs> there was um, San Jose Shark in the penalty box, and there was a lady in the front row there. Just put it up against the glass. And I guess it made it to TV. Is yeah, yeah, it went to TV. It was only a real quick one. It wasn't, like, very gratuitous, but... And she wasn't very gratuitous either. She was, she was athletic. So, <laughs> I think we need to get back to the beer. It's not like the last one where you know that one really had to warm up before these things mm-hmm. came through. This one's coming through just fine, yeah. and in fact, it might even um, be a little uh, a little strong mm-hmm. when it warms up. All right. So, are we ready to move on? Looks good. 06? 06. Jeff, I don't know if you guys can hear them off mic. It's really hard to tell from the headphones how loud they're coming in. Um, Jeff just said he really couldn't drink a pint of any of these, but, you know, in a four-way sample, it's a good way to sample these. and. Yeah, because they're they're a really um, full flavored beers, right? I mean, they're palate crushing beers. So, yeah, I mean, I could probably want to drink a pint of the uh, the O nine because it was just that chocolate one because I just thought it was so good. But the other ones, yeah, small samples are good. Oh, the first one, the tart grapey one. Okay, so this one. Uh, runs at about 8.6% alcohol by volume, 25 to 30 IBUs. The ingredients are pale two-row malt, dark wheat, carafa special and white wheat, magnum and Mount Hood hops, with White Labs WLP 500 Belgian Trappist yeast. So it's a Trappist style. Uh, I was busy pouring. I wasn't. I heard all the uh, beer ingredients. Did you see any non-traditional ingredients in there? 
There were no non-traditional ingredients. Okay. Very, wheat, I guess, but wheat okay. is... Yeah, so this guy pours really dark. So, I mean, this looks, you know, big wheat, carafa, whatnot. You know, so it's like a Dunkelweiss, uh, dark Belgian wheat. Well, I mean, the wheat is not a very large percentage oh, of this. Okay. Of 87% of this is pale to real malt. Okay. The rest is various types of wheat. Through the the yeast, uh, I know you said the number. Does it describe like which strain that is? White or just Labs the... WLP five hundred Belgian Trappist. Oh, Trappist. Okay. So the Trappist one, I've used that before. It, it, it tends to give off you know a lot of phenols if you ferment it nice and warm. So this is almost what a black weeded triple. <laughs> you know, basically, we'll, right? We'll, we'll see where this goes. Well, I didn't really say candy sugar or anything. So maybe, no, no uh, sugar. It's really dark. I mean, it's like black beer. I, that craft that they put in there, it really darkened it up. It's got a... Um, kind of a cherry-like aroma. Like mm-hmm. Dark cherries, uh, roasted malt aroma. Almost like a, like a stout or, you know, like a porter, really. Yeah, a little toffee. A little toffee on the aroma. I'm not, I was going for trying to get the fruit that Greg was mentioning, but I'm getting more maltiness, more sugariness, more toffee. As soon as I say that, I sort of start smelling a little bit of cherry. <laughs> so, I'm definitely tasting dark fruits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Uh, there's anise there. Um, there's nutmeg, maybe there. Um, yeah, nutmeg. There's some clovey notes as well. Ooh. Some very interesting, like caramel sweetness too. Mm-hmm. Wow! That's yeah, good. the first couple sips, there was a lot of that, that that tart, sweet cherry type flavor, like dark, dark cherries. Uh, but you know, a good toffee um, sweetness with it the whole way through. I'm trying to, you know, find where that Trappist yeast is coming into play, and. Uh, Nothing is I think really... it's that clovey background. Like I said, that yeah. nutmeg and a clove in the background yeah. is really where the yeast yeah. is coming in. I was going to say, you know, it's not a blatant influence, but yeah, it definitely has some subtle players there it's, I'm trying to pick out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're real and they're fantastic. <laughs> this one is is um, really tooting my goot. Uh, tooting your goot? <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it sounds like it's good, so I'm gonna go with it. It's just one of those right from the right from the you know. Uh, uh, Brainstem, right? You know, you yeah, really... no, it, 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 exactly. It's got it's got kind of a porter-like flavor to it, with some extra sweetness, uh, without a lot of astringency. It's got it. It really does. It, it's it's pulling my chain. It's yanking my crank. It's it's. <laughs> Hold on, Greg. That's, it's good. Let's just stop right there. No, it is pretty good. A little sweet. I don't. I don't. I'm not finding like really drinkable. It's a little sweet, little strong. It doesn't have to be super. I mean, yeah. drinkability is important. I agree, but it doesn't have to be 
incredibly drinkable for it mm-hmm. to be a great for it to be a great beer. So I like this one a lot. Gentlemen. <laughs> Sorry, about I told that. you about Rule Thirty Four. And I brought up the Canucks, but how you guys think about this beer? Nondescript. Yeah, you think it's pretty sweet? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned it. You know, I thought it was. A little sweet to be, you know, really drinkable. Get for me, this is a small sample. This is a, a three, four ouncer. Yeah, I don't know. The sweet beers tend to kind of even out when you drink a large amount of them. When you, if you, if you had a pint, of this, you'd, I think, you'd be able to finish it. This is not exceptionally sweet, and after a while, you'd get kind of numb to the sweetness. Like barley what? Oh, oh, the the uh, Matt Elf, yeah, the, you know, strong Belgian with cherries added. Yeah, I mean this one. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's got. It, I think that's a good. That's a good comparison. It's got uh, those. It's got similar flavors to it. It's not quite as high in alcohol. It's about eight percent. But um, it's got yeah the sweetness to it, and mm-hmm. it's got some some cherry notes to it. And it's a little more dark fruit, you know, a little more like wild cherries instead of like yeah. fresh like fresh red cherries. That right, you fresh taste sweet cherries. Off, so. But that's okay. It works for this mm-hmm. beer. Yeah. yeah, a little more pound cake or uh, fruit cake, right? Yeah. <laughs> this this will make a pretty stinky fire this uh plastic wood here. <laughs> yeah, that would that, that yeah, table's Heather wants to get rid of it. She'll let, let you burn it. Burn it burn, Jeff, let it burn, let it all end in fire. <laughs> no, that was just to get some air blowing through the house today and to Attract the stink bugs to the screens. I don't know. We came back from Chicago last weekend, and like there was like fifty stink bugs in our house, like that weren't there, and we it was sealed up all week. Like, what the hell happened? <laughs> Do you guys have stink bugs, listeners? Because I mean, I don't get them where I am, and I'm a mere fifteen miles away, twenty miles away. He lives down in the city. I'm surprised he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, they're at this point they're unafraid of humans, right? Because they know we're not going to swat them because we're afraid they're <laughs> stinking. Like the well, I think they spread the rumor about the stink to save their their people. Like, yeah, don't hit us; it attracts more. I yeah. actually I told Greg this week I want him to do a uh, experiment to see if that rumor is true or not. Whether a dead stink bug attracts more stink bugs. We'll snatch one here and put it in his car <laughs> and see if they show up at his house. <laughs> Can you do? You, can you taste or, or, or dislike or do you think cilantro has a pungent smell? Well, it has like a noxious, gross cilantro smell. But 
but like, do you smell cilantro? I'm curious. Okay, because you know the people that like you know the people that genetically displaced they hate cilantro. Yeah. They really hate stink bugs. Yeah. Really hate them. <laughs> hey, teenagers, joy riding down our street. Okay, five, five, five. So we're back to May 2005, my friends. What were you doing that month? That was six years ago. I just moved here. I moved in April of I wouldn't have moved here yet. I was trying to find a house here. That's when this was released, not when this was brewed. Yeah. So, I mean. Another Belgian strong guy. These are all Belgians, yes, all of them. Are Belgian. This one, um, pale two row malt, caramel 150 malt, chocolate wheat, Amarillo hops, clear Belgian candy sugar, and 550 White Labs Belgian yeast. Around 20 Play Doh was the word. Amarillo hops in 2005, that was pretty revolutionary, I think. That's probably a like year that they were just starting to come out. And runs about 8.5% alcohol by volume. I smell a lot of brown sugar on this one. Do you yeah. smell that? Yeah, brown sugar. It's a barley wine-esque. It's it's old ale type. You know, it's, it's six years old already, right? Yeah. So we're starting to get some of that, not, you know, that good aging into a beer there. Yeah, old ale. So it's kind of like a, how would you define an old ale? Kind of like a fig. Yeah, I mean fig, bread pudding. You know, take all the take all these Maybe dark and mix raisins, them together. dark sort of raisins. Thing, yeah. You know, a sherry, a little bit, uh, barley wines. Old, you know, not not hot English style of barley wines. Mm. That smells good. It smells luscious. Oh my. Remember that old ale night? I think we're about to revisit it. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. That's a that's a big flavor bomb right off the top with a huge amount of sweetness of this, you know, dark fruity sweetness of, of dark cherries and raisin mm-hmm. and dark uh, sugar and uh, plums and that sort of thing. Yeah, you're right. Like, uh, oh, that's good. Oh. Hey, well, I'm trying to. I, I don't want to repeat what. Well, Greg, Greg stole my stuff, man. I don't want to say the same things, but yeah, I, I agree with Greg. I'm trying to figure out what else I'm getting. Maybe the hint of vanilla. Um, I'm in the distance. I'm tasting some cocoa. Some. Like powdered cocoa. Yeah, raisins are big on it. Hmm. Not bad at all. People say I dislike stone. What's that? People say I dislike Stone. Oh. <laughs> no, you haven't had anything bad to say about Stone tonight, so take that. <laughs> I haven't had anything bad to say about Stone in a while. 
to be totally honest with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been a while since I brought them up, but it's true that in the early episodes, I was I was kind of I was very critical of them for for really for arrogant bastard mostly, mm-hmm. and for some of their other beers on their general line, which tended to be kind of arrogant bastard esque, and I wasn't. It was mostly the kind of the the deep bitterness of arrogant bastard, and it's sort of <laughs> it just insulted you. It sounds like. Well, it, it, it's it's you know broad assertiveness, and I didn't necessarily appreciate that, uh, spe- especially the connotation that you had. Either you were a, a beer lover, or you hated arrogant, <laughs> or, or you know you hate arrogant bastard. So, oh, you, it was just marketing, Greg. Just yeah, marketing no, speak. no, uh, no. I definitely understand that, especially now. Um, you know, as I was getting into beer, it was it, it, it sucked to be dismissed, mm-hmm. right, by okay. a group of people. I see. It's an interesting point of view, right? Because, like, I I like beer, but I don't like your beer. And you say when I don't like your beer, I don't like beer. Right. I can see how that could get under your skin. Uh, that's pretty good. I guess it's time to let's rank these things. I guess so, yeah. Well, no, I know my ranking. I don't know what you... Well, go for it, because i got to put some thought into it Okay, here. well, uh, my ranking would be the 2009 was number one. Mm-hmm. That was easily the best beer of the night. That was just uh, a, a beautifully done beer. And uh, everything about it was, was really fantastic. It was drinkable. It had all the, you know, the, all those uh, wonderful, wonderful flavors. Um, surprisingly, I think my... I, all, all of the... Um, Dark beers are going high on my higher on my list than the other ones. So right. I would go with this one, the number the O five next. Really I, I really do enjoy the dark fruity flavors. And then I guess I'll go with the O six. Uh because I know that the, the dark fruits get to me. They're mm-hmm. they're they're really in my wheelhouse. And then um I probably will go with the um the 11 and then I guess hard luck loser would be the 8 the, the 10 you mean the, the 10 yeah. yeah I'm having a hard time remembering what's the light one which light one was which light one um, my favorite is the definitely, gravy one was was the yeah the the, 11, the, the frozen the chocolate 10, rather, frozen yeah. chocolate banana on a stick the number 9 yeah that's my first that's my first that was that was so drinkable so good number 2 Um, I'm t- I'm torn between the O five, the oldest and the newest, the O five and the O ten, or the, the the ten. I think I'll take the ten. I think uh, you know once I dialed into that grapey, the grapiness and, and the sweet to back it up, that, right. that really fit well. Um, then I'm gonna put the um, the O five, this this uh, old ale, um, raisin bomb that we're drinking right now. <laughs> raisin bomb, I like that. Yeah, and. Uh, I'm having a hard time remembering what the other ones tasted like. <laughs> when they all have the same name, it gets uh, confusing. What, it's a vertical epic seven or eight. Come on, yeah, Jeff. exactly. Um, I'm going to have to decline because I can't remember which one's which. Fair enough. Our, our peanut gallery is already cracking yeah, up. What, what did you guys like? They're already, you know. This is my favorite. This is your this favorite? This one. Cool. Well, I mean, uh, they're just vertical epic. So it's, it, yeah, vertical epic ten, 
nine, seven, six, and five. That's what you drank. But of course. So the eight couldn't have been your favorite. What were we talking about the chamomile maybe two ago? Was my least oh, the, the cardamom one. The uh, that was nine, that was, I think. No, no, no. That was that was seven, six, six. <laughs> That's why I stopped ranking because I can't remember which one's which. Anyway, which one did you like the best? You like that ten, the first one the best first still. Okay, and then you like the. The one with the cherries. That had the sour. Oh, that was the, the first one. Yes, yeah, the, the, first the first one was the one with the grapiness, right? That, that was my. Favorite. Yeah. Okay. And then, and, and then uh, Jeff likes the uh, one we're drinking now, the 05, the one that Raisin Bomb is what we said, the, yeah. uh, that old ale with all that dark fruit in there. Like a, a better one different. Yeah, yeah. Or a different one. Uh, yeah, Greg and I much. agreed on the, our favorite. We liked the uh, the nine first, the one that was like that chocolate banana. Okay. But, uh, all right. Okay, guys, hope you They're liked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think that's the takeaway is that this, this should be a very interesting flight. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we do this full thing, yeah, I don't know if you remember. Um, Savor was it the first time we did it. I, I had asked, you know, Greg Cook from Stone, like, how are some of the older beers ha- holding up? They hold up like you expect, you know, over all these years, the O twos, the O threes. He's like, well, if you, we, we recommend you store them at cellar temperature, fifty three degrees, whatever. Like, so it'll be curious to see how my beers turn out because my yeah. beers are stored in the 68 to 74 range throughout the year which shouldn't be terrible not terrible but not 52 so right. but i mean if this is any indicator the 05 didn't have any kind of horrible oxidation it has some age on it but not horrible and um, i'm looking forward to uh doing some we're gonna have 12 uh, uh not gonna have the first one so we're gonna have 10 of these beers to taste so i'm definitely gonna need some more help um around new year's 2013. Okay. So it'll be after the apocalypse anyway, so. That might not yeah. Well, after yeah. the second version of the apocalypse. There's already <laughs> been made. Yeah. That one, that one didn't pan out. But maybe the next one will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you guys later. See ya. See ya. We've been gone for 18 hours. Thanks for listening to Craft Beer Radio. The theme music is Money or Time from The Lights Out. Email us, beer at craftbeerradio.com, or follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash jeffbear and twitter.com slash gmwise. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. Money or time, but you never get away from